0: The Hamlet Podcast, episode 171. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Conor Hanresy. It really feels as though Hamlet is fed up with Osric by now, but he continues needling him, questioning his turns of phrase just to prove that Osric isn't at all as smart as he tries to come across. We ended last time as Osric awkwardly tried to explain what he meant by carriages as he attempted to describe the fancy French swords laid down in Laertes' wager. The carriages, as he means it, are the hangers, scabbards, things from which a sword can hang. Hamlet is not impressed and slices through all of this with another takedown. The phrase would be more German to the matter if we could carry cannon by our sides, I would it might be hangers till then. But on. Six Barbary horses against six French swords, their assigns and three liberal conceited carriages. That's the French bet against the Danish. Why is this imponed, as you call it? It seems a bit ridiculous to call a scabbard a carriage, he's saying, Perhaps it might be more germane or more relevant if we were in the custom of carrying cannons by our sides. Then perhaps we might need a carriage to carry along such a large item. But until we adopt a practice as strange as this, he would prefer if Osric would just stick to calling them hangers. But on, he insists. Back to the point six Barbary horses against six French swords, their assigns, and their extravagantly described carriages. This is the bet that Osric has described. Hamlet quietly observes that it's France against Denmark, since of course Laertes has had to return from Paris. But now the vital question. Hamlet asks what they're betting on he gets another dig at Osric's excessive language by repeating his word imponed. Why are all of these horses and swords being laid out for this bet? And now, at long last, Osric tells us. The king, sir, hath laid that in a dozen passes between yourself and him, he shall not exceed you three hits. He hath laid on twelve for nine, and it would come to immediate trial if your lordship would vouchsafe the answer. Claudius has bet that Hamlet will defeat Laertes in a fencing match. Dear listener, I must confess that I am not a gambler, and I have never quite had the mathematics of odds and wagers explained to me, I've read enough suggestions and explanations of what the odds are for this match, but the probabilities and the assumptions are enough to make the reader's head spin. I'm certainly not going to try to explain it here, but I'll endeavour to sum up the numbers in the show notes for this episode. And should you happen to have a clear and succinct explanation of fencing rules, Elizabethan gambling odds and mathematical probability, I'd be delighted to hear from you. All this to say... Claudius lays odds of twelve to nine, and he reckons it's Hamlet that will beat Laertes. Given what we know of the poisoning plan that's already afoot, it's a really good idea for him to dress it all up as a fun palace sporting event, a match between the two bright sparks of Elsinore, and of course he appears to be on Hamlet's side. Osric wants to know if Hamlet is prepared to have the match right away, having it come to immediate trial and he's prepared to go right back to the king if Hamlet would be kind enough to vouchsafe his answer. In this, Osric is trying to ask if Hamlet accepts the challenge, but yet again his flowery linguistic efforts make things unclear, this time for Osric himself. Hamlet still argumentative asks, how if I answer no? Hamlet is wondering what happens if he answers no to the challenge, But Osric misinterprets, thinking Hamlet is now refusing to send any answer at all back to Claudius. So he tries to explain. Again. He says, I mean, my lord, the opposition of your person in trial. He's trying to explain that he means that he needs an answer whether or not Hamlet will participate in the fencing match. Surely Hamlet is as fed up with him now as we all must be. And he gives a rather rueful answer. Sir, I will walk here in the hall. If it please his majesty, tis the breathing time of day with me. Let the foils be brought, the gentleman willing, and the king hold his purpose. I will win for him, and I can. If not, I will gain nothing but my shame and the odd hits. Hamlet explains that he will walk here in the hall, if it's all the same to the king, as it's the time of day that he tends to exercise the breathing time of day. So, let the foils be brought and the match set up and his opponent prepared. He says that he will win for the king if he can, and if he loses, the worst that will happen is that he'll get a few scratches and a little bit of embarrassment. Little does he know. This is probably the plainest answer that Hamlet has given Osric thus far. Perhaps greedy for stage time and knowing that his job is all but done, the latter asks again, Shall I re-deliver you in so? Can I tell the king you've said so, he's asking, and Hamlet agrees. He says, To this effect, sir, after what flourish, your nature will. This is the message or the effect that you should deliver, but you can do so in whatever preposterous flowery manner or flourish that your nature will insist on adding. For once, Osric has a formulaic reply. He gives the rather standard, I commend my duty to your lordship. Hamlet replies, equally politely, yours, yours. And Osric exits. While I was researching this episode, I was surprised to read in one fairly simplified description of the scene that Osric is Claudius's fool. A good few episodes ago, when he first appeared, we talked about how he's really just an average man who happens to have money, and who is trying a little bit too hard to fit in and make a good impression in Claudius' court. If he were a Shakespearean fool, you could be certain he'd be rather smarter, and likely score at least a point or two, even against Hamlet's mighty intellect. In a particular production, it could be quite a fun interpretation to have Osric be an ineffective fool for an ineffective king. I've never seen him played like this, but it might be interesting. Either way, Osric is gone, at least for now, and we'll save what Hamlet and Horatio have to say for the next episode. Thank you for joining me, as always, and do be sure to visit the website, thehamletpodcast.com, for my attempt to explain the mathematics of Claudius's wager. You'll find it on the show notes page as usual. I hope you've something nice planned to celebrate Shakespeare's birthday this coming week. I'm myself, I'm going to be joining the festivities organised by Hark Journal on Monday, April the 19th, talking about Shakespeare with some fabulous other panellists. You can get all the details and sign up for the event for free at harkjournal.com. Take good care of yourselves and I'll speak to you next time.